You are listening to the Power and Pros podcast, a platform that serves as an active advocate for Black women to embody their authentic voice. Power and Pros is a space of healing and an invitation to profess the power you possess. Come along on the journey and let's get into the show. What's up, cool kids? You are tuned in to another episode of the Power and Pros podcast. How are y'all? feeling. I hope everybody is doing well, being safe. It is getting warmer outside. I mean, y'all know I'm in New York. Things are feeling good. The sun is shining. So I hope that wherever you guys are, that you're feeling it as well. And this episode is a special one because I have a guest and it's just going to be a really, really, really fruitful and rich conversation. So I'm excited to dive in. Um, So for this episode, I'm going to be joined by Asia Garrison and I want to just read her bio and then we're going to pop right into it. Love, loyalty, ambition, and dedication are just a few words to describe Asia Garrison. She is the founder of Girls Room Ministry and an entrepreneur who is focused on building the kingdom and her community. She's a native of St. Louis, Missouri. She's from my town, y'all. And she received her bachelor's degree in digital media production with an emphasis in digital journalism from the University of Central Missouri and an MBA with an emphasis in nonprofit administration from Lindenwood University. Her natural ability to lead people, along with her passion for positively affecting lives, has driven her to be a mentor, speaker, and author. She's an entrepreneur dedicated to community service and gifted in creating business opportunities for herself and others. Asia's outgoing spirit has allowed her to live out her passions by being a host of many events and operating her own web series. Come on, y'all. Welcome, Asia, to the show. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl, and hello, all you cool kids. It's such an honor to be here with you today, Des. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. I am so happy to have you here, y'all. Y'all don't know this because I don't really say it, but I've been <laughs> creeping on people um, before I have them come on the show. I feel like even my friends or anybody that I know personally, as I start to think about having them on the show, praying about it, I just peep like what people are doing. I try to be engaged and just just really be not not I don't know, I guess on the other side and just watching you do your do and I think Asia is watching you girl do what you do and I think just being naturally yourself especially on YouTube. It's no frills and thrills. You're not trying to do extra. You're just showing up. You giving what you feel like you're supposed to give, and then you hoping that the people are well on the other side. And I love that because it's natural. Um, so it just made sense to have you here with us today. And I appreciate that so much. I respect what you what you do and how you are consistent with your podcast. And I'm just honored to be here to talk with you and your audience. We well, that's exactly what we're about to do. We're about to get into it. I wanted to talk about. The girls' room. Can you explain a little bit, I guess, about your ministry? How did you get the idea? And then how did you actually start? All right. So, girls' room started actually in, I think, around 2013. It didn't have a name to it, though. It just started as me sending out motivational text messages to maybe about 25 women or so mm-hmm. every day or every other day. I would be like, Good morning, Queens. Today is Make It Happen Monday, you know, little stuff like that. Literally mm-hmm. just texting 25 girls. And that's th- that turned into texting 50 girls. That turned into texting 75 girls. Wow. That turned into now I'm at 100 women that I'm texting throughout the week, just giving them positive, just affirmations and encouraging them and pushing them. So I just thought that's what it was going to be. And I think I was pretty content with that. Mm-hmm. That was the, the the context of 
girl's room, but it wasn't a girl's room, just sending out messages. And one summer, I went to go intern uh, for Pinky Promise in Atlanta, ran by Heather Lindsay. And I think just that summer, God just did a work in my heart. He started pressing on me to do an in-person Bible study. Right before that, that early that year in 2016, I had started a blog called God Bless the Queens. Once again, that was the extent and as far as I would have allowed myself to go. Because mm-hmm. it's one thing to talk about the Lord, typing it out, sending messages. It's another thing to bring people together and now you're speaking in front of them okay. talking about God you know that's that's a little different and Lord knows I love to talk but God I wasn't trying to do no Bible studies now that's what I tell everybody like it wasn't something that I wanted to do at all mm. but once the Lord had pulled me away from my web series at that time he was just pressing on my heart I knew it was time to lay that down struggling to let something go that I had built from the ground up but I knew God was calling me to he started pressing on my heart more to do this in-person Bible study and I'm going to be honest, at first I did reject it because like I said, I'm, this is what I'm thinking in my head. I'm Asian, say what, with two T's. I don't do no Bible studies. I talk <laughs> about the Lord. I love the Lord, but that was just too saved. You feel what I'm saying? Mm. At that time, I just felt like that was too saved. And I knew, and I knew people knew I was saved, but I felt like that was taking me into a new dimension yeah. that I just didn't know if I was ready to handle at that time. But let me, let me tell you something. When God wants you to do something, it's so heavy on your heart that you can't, if, if you're ignoring it and you're being disobedient, you feel it. Mm-hmm. So I felt it. I knew that that's what God was calling me to do. So I told my roommate at the time, I'm like, girl, I got to start doing in-person Bible studies. I think I'm going to start a women's ministry. Like God is putting it on my heart. It was my senior year of college. And I just, I just knew. And there we go. In September, I think 28th of 2016 was the first girls room Mm. and our mission statement is to discover your purpose embrace your purity and inspire others and it's been going since then and it was one of the best decisions of my life saying yes to God come on that's so beautiful (laughs) thank you how okay I want to pop back to the 25 that you started texting did you were these just like homegirls people that had the same major as you in school how did you even find them to kick it off just homegirls you know Mm -hmm. my best friend my roommate my other friend that was in college with me I've always been pretty much a really social person so racking up on the women was the easy part you know because I just talked to a lot of people so the 25 just started with people that was close to me you know and then they just added like I literally you know back then iPhones I don't know if it's still like this now but group chats then you could only text 25 people in one chat And then you would have to make another chat with another 25 people. So it just kept adding. And then some of my friends would tell people about it. And they like, can you add us to the weekly text? And it just kind of grew from there. Mm. Did you feel hesitancy with that? I feel like you had a certain point on how far you thought it would go. But even with starting with people that you knew, was there a moment of like, do people need this for me? Or can they just go to Heather Lindsay then? Or like, you know what I'm saying? Did you have taken up? Um, I don't think I had that. I wasn't hesitant because I feel like even in high school, I was always that person that people would come and get advice from. Like mm-hmm. my mom swears that I've been a mother Teresa since I've been a child. Like I've always been the person to give the good advice and be like, no, nah, I don't think you should do that. Or, or you should do this. One of my friends say that she remembers vividly, uh, me in high school asking people in art class, have they accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior? No. <laughs> I said, girl, no, I didn't. <laughs> 
she said that I like she remembered like praying the prayer of salvation in our junior year of high school. And at that time, I'm just I didn't think anything of it, but she brought that to my memory. And I'm like, wow, I did do this. So I think our gifts have always been in us. We mm-hmm. just haven't always used them for the glory of God. Yeah. So when we start to change it over the gifts that we naturally have and start using them for the glory of God and for his will and for his purpose, it just feels differently. I always been a talker, you know, web series, always hosting events. Why am I shocked that I'm leading Bible study? Because one is specifically giving glory to God mm-hmm. while the other one, not saying that it couldn't have brought glory to God, but that just wasn't the main focus. That is so real. And I think the fact that most of the times when we step out and do something that God's instructing us to do, it's with a tool that we already have. Yeah. You just have a different audience or the message is packed differently, or Mm -hmm. you're going to go out to a different place than you've been before, but you start with something. And I feel like he knows that we need that comfortability to do yeah. what he's instructing us to do. Like he's not going to just put you out on front street. Like, all right, new idea in a new place with new people. And I want you to do it in a way you've never done. It. It's like, I think he gives you something to, to give you that confidence that like, no, you are able to do this and I'm calling you specifically, which I think is yeah. just speaks to how dope God is first of all. But as you were talking, you mentioned how you give glory and how you were kind of hesitant to do that when it started to expand beyond the text messages. So how how did you know, I guess, even with that disobedience piece or that I'm not ready yet, what was that switch? Even though you said like, I know I have to do it. And then you even got to the point where you told your roommate, how was that transition of saying, all right, I know I want to do this. And I know this is going to take me beyond what I thought, but it's time. Like literally I can't wait another second. I have to go now. Absolutely. I think I knew. And like I said, I felt disobedient. I would go to sleep at night knowing that I had to start this ministry. I would wake up in the morning thinking about it. So if something is constantly on your mind like that and something is constantly on your heart and nothing else felt right, even when I was like, well, maybe I should start trying to bring the show back. You know, my web series at that time, everything I did didn't Mm -hmm. fulfill me in that moment and in that season. So I knew like, okay, nothing is fulfilling me, which lets me know that none of this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I knew it was time to step out on faith. You know, I was nervous the first Bible study that we did. I, you know, I I never had put a message together before like that. It it was a lot, a lot of nervousness, but I knew that I wanted to be on the right side of obedience. I knew that I wanted to honor God and say yes to him because I knew that being obedient to him, uh, saying yes in something like this will open the door for so much more. And I think that a lot of us want God to blow our mind. Lord, do the impossible. Lord, do this. Well, we got to start with the first thing that he's asking you to do. Mm-hmm. You know, Asia, you, and this this is just me being, just talking to myself at the time. Asia, you want the Lord to blow your mind, but you can't say yes to something simple. Like you're not even willing to plant the first seed. And I think that that's where a lot of people get caught up in sometimes and get stuck. It starts with this. You know, it started with girls room, girls room saying yes, the girls room has now allowed me to travel something that I wanted to do. So now I'm in Washington, D.C. living because I said yes to God in 2016. So it's it's so much bigger than what what you can ever imagine. Like looking back, I'm just like, wow, (laughs) I'm just I'm blown away. I'm, I'm blown away. 
And when we think about anxiety, we've been talking about that on the show. When we mm-hmm. think about fear, I, speaking for me, honey, I take it as a sign. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Mm-hmm. This is the end. Don't do anything else. And I just want to clam up. I want to run. And I'm like, I could just sit in my room. I don't got to do nothing. And like you said, it eats at you. I feel like when you know, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we once we get to that knowing point, even try to pray away the fear or whatever, which you can do. But I think some fears for me in my journey, I have found are simply from the unknown and I need the knowledge. I need the wisdom. So therefore the fear doesn't reign over me. And so when you were speaking about not even putting together a message before and things like that, I thought that same thing when I put out a devotional last year, I was like, listen, I read my devotionals. I know what I have going on. I know I write, but putting that together, I don't think you need me to do that. Like, I just actually think that I'm good and I could share the Bible plans that I'm reading on the Bible app. And if people want a devotional, they can join one with me there. I didn't think that I needed to write one. And I did the same thing. I was like, "Mm, I don't know. And I write poems. I want to study that putting together a devotional that people can follow, like the scriptures, making sure it's digestible, but also meaty and and, and worth the content to be put out that I had to study. I looked at some YouTube videos. I subscribed to more Bible plans and did research that way. And after a couple of YouTube videos and stuff, I was like, not afraid anymore, but it's because I had the knowledge. I had the wisdom and the more things that I was seeing, the more it was less the person whose video I was watching that I was seeing and more me. I started to see me doing it. It became an attainable goal. And I think a lot of times, like you said, it starts with that seed. And I think we think about the seed as come one, come all. I'm starting this thing. Everybody look at me right now, even though I don't have my stuff together and you're going to see me stumble and fall. And I think that's what trips us up and makes us tell God, no, I'm good, bro. You got the wrong one. When most of the time, the actual initial seed is a yes and a prayer when you hear something or it's looking on YouTube, going to YouTube University and finding something. It might be telling one person so you have some accountability. It could be opening a Google Doc and putting your idea in front of you so you can read it again later. I don't think that the seed is always the harvest. And I think that is what we think about in the beginning. And that's what stops us from moving forward. You said a real mouthful, Des. And number one, I just want to say I'm happy that you were obedient and stepped out on faith and started your podcast. And I love how you weren't, you didn't, you didn't exclude your your gift, your poetry. You you have invited that into this space, and you're allowed to be as freely creative as you want and still bring glory to God. So that round of applause right there, like you did it. You know, <laughs> you're you're doing what people are praying to do. So what an amazing example that that you are. And I think that when it comes to fear and anxiety, um, just just listening to the question, what I would recommend is that when that fear comes on or just starts to come upon you and you're like, I'm scared to do it. Or is it like, is this God telling me not to do it? Or, is I'm, or am I just being mm-hmm. scared? Like, what are the thoughts saying? Because God is not going to tell you don't do it because ain't nobody going to show up. 
that's not that's not the language of God. God is not going to say don't do it because you don't have enough money. That's not the language of God. Mm. God is not going to say don't do it because don't nobody like you. That's not the language of God. God is not going to say don't do it because I'm not smart enough. That's not the language that's of God. So God is not going to tell you don't do it because if you do, ain't nobody going, everybody going to say everybody else doing it. God doesn't speak like that. So number one, we got to know the voice of God and know what's coming from God and what's not coming. God. So knowing his voice, you know how he speaks and you know, like, well, wait a minute. That's something the enemy would say. He wants to discourage me because God doesn't care about who going to show up. I've done girls rooms several times when one person was showing up. One person coming to Bible study in person, literally one person, two people coming, three people coming back to one person. God's word was still the same. God mm -hmm. told me to start girls room. And I think sometimes so many people get discouraged by numbers. We're not Christians and believers in the body of Christ. It's not a numbers game we playing. It's a soul thing that we're playing. So yeah. get the numbers out of your mind. It doesn't matter who shows up. It doesn't matter who supports you. That one life, that one soul is important to God and treated as so. That is so, so I think that that's important. Yeah. To get the numbers out of your head. It's especially hard. when it's ministry. And mm -hmm. it is hard. And I, and I get it. Like, you know, but also something that really helped me a lot when it comes to ministry, seeing like, you know, First of all, when I said one person used to show up in girls' room in 2018, when did I graduate college? 2017 for undergrad, going into 2018, God told me to stay an additional year in Warrensburg to keep girls' room going. And I'm thinking to myself, Lord, I'm ready to go store my oats. What you mean stay in, you know, Warrensburg? So I stayed, and that's when one person was coming to Bible study, two people was coming to Bible study. Like, the attendance didn't match him telling me to stay. You feel what I'm saying? That's something that, but I'm so happy that I did because I grew so much. So many doors were open during that time. So many lives were changed during that time. Like it's so much bigger than us. That's why I always say we just cannot get caught up on the numbers. Mm -hmm. And my daily prayer or something that I like to pray is that Lord, don't grow my ministry further than I am growing. So I enjoy the fact that the more girls room grows, the more I grow spiritually. Mm. So when I feel myself growing spiritually and I'm just having more breakthroughs, I can see that in my ministry. Because one thing I do not want to do is be a leader that's unprepared, a leader that's not sitting before God, a leader that has these women that are looking up to her and I'm not doing my part. So Lord, don't give me a thousand women when I can't even handle 10 and I can't minister and disciple those 10, right? let it grow as I grow and that has helped me a lot that's good and honestly um that actually made me think about dangerous prayers there's like a bible plan about it there's an actual book about it um by Craig Rochelle and it's those things refine me don't let me grow beyond where I need to be growing at this point in time. Don't let me go beyond the pace of grace. Like those type of things are really humbling things, especially when God acts on them. I feel like when you praying it, you feel good. And you're like, yep, I'm devoted. I'm a disciple. Like, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. And then when it happens and you on the Zoom and it's 10 people like it was last week, and you looking at the Instagram and you got the same number of followers you had three months ago, you, I think it's easy to get discouraged and you forget that you even ask for that, that you ask for the pace that you're walking in. And that's happened to me 
of course, I've looked at downloads on the show, reviews, everything. And I'm like, okay, if I'm walking in what you told me to do and I'm showing up and I'm doing this, this and that, then where do people, where, where do people at? Like, send me some more folk over here. Like, let everybody see what I'm doing. And it's like, that's not, that's not ultimately what you want. You really want the impact. You really want the deep connections. You really want that people are free and they feel good. They actually feel empowered to act on the things that you're speaking about on the show, that they are writing more. There's some people who are talking about they haven't written in a while. And then I'll send out a journal prompt and they're like, you know what? I'm going to try this. And that's what you want for people to be able to work through their emotions, whatever. And I have to constantly remind myself on what the real goal is. And I think that all of us have to do that. Even um, I spoke about not writing goals one year of 2019. I think I didn't write goals for the year. It was just like, you know what? Let's just move with purpose. And I think the things like where my attention is supposed to be focused on will follow as I do that. But if I fixate my mind on this thing, that's not even the real goal in the first place, I can catch myself tripping up for real and not having the impact that I actually want because I'm not focused on the impact. I'm focused on the things that'll get me claps and likes and all that stuff. So I think I try to stay surrendered to that. And I think you spoke of that same thing. And then it's also a discipline thing. Like you showing up Absolutely. the girl's room every time, one person, whatever, and being dedicated and not letting that deter you the next time that you go to prepare. There are some times yeah. when the preparation is really the key. And I think it's so beautiful how you stay prepared. So it doesn't matter who, how many people show up. You can have a thousand next week, but you've been doing the work and being diligent and showing up. So that way you're always really two steps ahead, no matter who's on the other end of the call because of how devoted you are to the process. Absolutely. And I would joke around and say some of my best messages, only one person heard. So I would be like, Lord, I have studied my words so much <laughs> to, to get this message. And it was one person. And it's like, you should have always been studying your words like that. So that's just building more character. Mm. And when I stayed in Warren's birthday year, I remember the second semester, he told me to start doing Bible study every Wednesday. And I'm like, Lord, every Wednesday, the attendance is not pressing for every Wednesday. But I was obedient and I was so happy I was. Like I said, that time was so beautiful. The ladies that were coming, just life changing. They impacted me and I impacted them. So it's definitely not in vain. But when the pandemic hit, the Lord pressed on my heart um, around like, I think the end of March, the Lord told me, um, you need to start doing Bible studies every Wednesday. And it wasn't a shocker to me because I've done it before. So sometimes we don't understand why God is pressing us to do something in one season, but it's to prepare you for the next season. I had did six months before straight of girls room every Wednesday. So that was nothing new, preparing a message weekly. And now I'm almost at the year mark of doing girls room every single Wednesday. But it's like I had to before I can even get to this, I couldn't imagine creating a message every week. Let me just tell you that I I couldn't imagine doing that, but I had to say yes then, back in 2018, preparing a message every Wednesday. So every detail matters. God is so detailed. Every single thing matters all the time. So I don't want people to get stagnant where they're like, well, you know what? I'm not ready. First of all, if God says you're ready, you're ready. You know, if he says go out there, you're ready. So I don't want people to, you know, who have been in their word and they're using it as an excuse, like, well, I'm not ready to grow. Like, 
if God say do it, you just got to do it. He knows better than you. Mm-hmm. That, first of all, congrats. One year, girls were on weekly Bible study, something that you didn't even see yourself doing, something that was a challenge for you, something that in the middle, you were like, hold on. And you sitting in that, we just got to pause and give praise right there. Because I think, you don't. we don't take in those moments, I think, all the time. And I think that is just a beautiful thing. Thank you so much. God is so good. And let me tell you, I was content with the first and last Wednesday of the month. That was our normal schedule. First and last Wednesday of the month. But I think that that first and last Wednesday kind of kept me complacent. I knew on the first and last Wednesday of the month, I got to be in my word a little harder. Because I know we doing Bible study. But now every week, Asia, you got to be in your word hard weekly. So it, it's, I was becoming stagnant. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I was becoming stagnant and it was like, I was doing enough to be able to prepare a word for my ladies, but I wasn't doing enough to keep myself full. Mm. And that was the difference. Cause sometimes it starts to become like a job. Ministry can become like a, all right, I know I got Bible study. I know the word, the Lord going to give me something. I preach it or let me, oh Jesus, not preach it. I <laughs> deliver it. Cause baby, look, now that's something the Lord ain't called me to do is be no preacher. Okay. Let, let me quit it. I, whew, I say the word, <laughs> then, girl, I had, look, look, I say the word, I I give whatever it is God has put on my heart to the ladies. And then it's just like back to basics. But it's like now, nah, you got to go deeper because your seasons are changing and the ministry is growing a little bit. So I got to just make sure that I'm filling myself up, not to just share with others, but just for me too. Yeah. Just words for me. Cause not every word is meant to give out. Come on. Some words are just meant for you and God. Some things is just for you. Like, wait a minute, Lord, is this for the girls room? God, like, no, this is for you because your heart, not your heart isn't right for this. Like I need to work through you through this. You want to, sometimes I'm just giving out messages and half the message probably was just for me. Listen, you know, so. I done had episodes where I'm like, ooh, like that was, that was a real sentence right there. Or even poems, some poems that I write, I'm like, I don't, I don't really actually write for the show. It just always turns out I'm always writing. So I always have something for the show, but there's definitely been pieces where I'm like, ooh, I want to share this. Like this will mess the people up. And God's like, that was for you to work through that thing, you know? And it's like, I want you to hold on to that. And this is a reminder next time you feel this or next time this situation happens, I want you to come back here. And so I have to constantly subscribe to that as well, that some things are part of your healing process, your growth process. And some of those things are so sacred and so, so pivotal for our growth that they aren't supposed to be shared, um, at least not for that time. I think there, of course, our history is our testimony that can free other people. So God can always be like, all right, now. But I think being in tune with that and constantly checking in, not wanting to do what I want to do and be like, no, I like this poem. I want to put it out now. Or you like that word that you got. You want to share it now and constantly checking in to see if you're in alignment will save you so much down the road. So Yeah, for sure. I agree so much. You want to make sure that you're putting out God's word and not just like the physical word, the Bible, but his word that he's giving you. You just want to make sure that God wants you to speak on something because you never want anything premature. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times there's a lot of premature things going on in this world, premature uh, businesses, premature 
you name it, talents and just so many things because people are in such a rush to put it out. And God's like, I'm still pruning you. It's going to get out but because God works in the spirit of excellence. So when it's out, it's going to be right. And I think that some of us just don't want to go through the pruning process. We just want to put it out. And it's just like, well, wait a minute. Take your time. God got you. He going to get it together. And when he releases you, he releases you. And you'll be so grateful that you that you waited and that you were patient. So actually, in talking about ministry and you being able to disciple others, bending your word, going hard, in the very beginning, you spoke about that save, save. Like, I don't want to go too deep. I want to be right here. People know that I'm saved. They know that God's my homeboy. But me going to this area, that's save, save. And I think now you don't have that posture. How was that shift for you? And how did you kind of... um remove the barrier that you had to stop you from going to that next level and really embodying your truth that no, you are saved. No, you do want to help other people get there as well. And then like your friend said, you've already been doing that. How did you embody that piece of who you are? Um, I think it comes down to just not caring about the perception of what people may think about what you're doing. You got to value what God is telling you to do over all things. Because me saying, oh, they're saved, saved, that's me thinking that people are going to say that. That's what they're going to perceive. That's someone else's perception, right? Like, oh, they don't think they're saved, saved. And it just got to get to a point in your walk where you want to serve and honor God more than you want to do anything else. That's the point where your heart, like you're not satisfied unless you're telling people about God. Like, that's the point you got to get to. And it and it takes time, of course, but that's just what it boiled down to. Like, I don't I don't want to do nothing else but serve God. I don't want to do nothing else but bring glory to God. Every single thing I do, I want to bring glory to God. In my conversations, I want to bring glory to God. In my in my businesses, I want to bring glory to God. In my job, I want to bring glory to God. Everything I do, I want to bring glory to God. So I just had to learn. And it is still a learning process, just inviting God into everything. Like God is involved in every single thing that I do. So the whole save, save point, it's either you want to be saved. What is save, save? You either want to be saved or you want to be like the world. Mm. And this world is perishing, okay? And I don't want to be like anything of this world. So that's just kind of like the point that I had to get to. And, you know, I when I pray, I ask God to create a clean heart in me, create a new heart in me. You know, Lord, your will and not my will, like make me love the things that you love and make me hate the things that you hate. So those type of prayers, if you're saying that constantly, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I taste it and I saw that he is good. So that's you. You got my yes and whatever. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to like everything that God is calling me to do. Because please know, just because God is calling you to do it don't mean you don't want to do it. Come on, somebody. You know, just because God is instructing you to do something doesn't mean it's going to be something you enjoy or something that you're just so happy with. But you'll grow to love it. You'll grow to like it. Because obedience is important to me more than anything. Like, it's some videos that I might record. And I tell my friend, wait a minute, I sound too saved, saved, saved. I'm like, God, why I got to post this? Why I got to be the one that's telling people that you coming back and they need to get their life together? You know, because the rapture going to be coming soon. But at the end of the day, if God told me to say it, I got to say it. I do not want to be in disobedience with God. I care about that more than I care about sounding saved, saved. I care about being obedient. Come on. That's just, it sounds like to me having your priorities in order, always remembering what you're subscribed to and remaining subscribed to that, which is beautiful. 
yeah, God is good, Des, you know, and I just want to serve him with everything that I do. Uh, I said for, I turned 26 last month and I said, Lord, my prayer is that it is less of me and more of you. When mm-hmm. people see me, I don't want them to see Asia say what well, with two T's. I want them to see God. I want them to see your light and that that light inspires them to be a light, that they see it and they know it's God. If people seeing too much of me, that means that I'm, that I'm something ain't right. They need to see you. And that helps a lot too. You know, it's just, it always boils down to obedience. And I think that that's what's the biggest thing with our generation, with our culture, with this world, the obedience. And it's like the enemy can sometimes have our minds so captive that God's way isn't the best, that that's boring, that that's not entertaining. God's way produces fruit. You feel me? God's way produces fruit. God's way is the best way, not only for you, but for your family. We got to start looking at our obedience as generational and not just for us. Mm. Obedience is not just for you. It's for other people. Girls room ain't for me. I can read my Bible and get a word. Girls room is a bigger picture. It's for my daughter that I don't have. I'm talking like daughter, like I got a child. (laughs) It's for my future daughter. It's for my future son. It's for my niece. It's for my nephew. It's, It's for my little cousins. You feel what I'm saying? Girls room just isn't about me. And that's where people get so caught up. Take you out of it. You are a vessel that is supposed to pour out to God's creations. So many people just caught up on the you. It's it's about it's not about you. Girls room is for God's creations, his people, it's for the world. And how can I say no to someone else's potential salvation? Mm. I imagine if my cousin, when I when I rededicated my life in 2013, if she would have just been like, she invited me to a church camp. I imagine if she was like, I ain't inviting nobody, I'm going. You know, if she had that mindset, like it's just about me. But no, even at that young age, she had to be 16. She had a heart for God to let me tell people about this. And she told me and invited me and I went and it changed my life. It wasn't just about her. We got to get us out of the equation. It's more is more to it than us. It's generational. Imagine if Eve would have thought about the generations before she ate from the tree. Imagine if she knew that eating from this will cause, first of all, sin to enter the world, number one. But number two, it will make childbirth painful for every woman. Imagine if Eve knew the impact of that decision of not being obedient, would she have still done it? You know, so I think that that's what we got to look at sometimes. And people be like, oh, that's too deep. No, people, we always talk about generational curses. And I do believe that that's mm-hmm. a real thing. But who going to stop it? Mm-hmm. I, any generational curse that was passed down to me is stopped. It stops with me. It's not being passed down to my children. And that's based off of the decisions that I make today, right now. So whoever's listening, like, it's generational. It's not just about you. And I think that that helps me a lot. Like, it's times I don't feel like doing girls' room. Heck, more than you might think. Because every Wednesday is a lot. And I'm human, right? You know, people come to girls' room, they ain't just finished working. They ain't had a long day. So have I. But it's bigger than me. It's bigger than me. God has put me on an assignment. And I will fulfill that calling on my life. And you have to get to a point where it's like God's way or no way. I will fulfill the calling on my life. Start praying at nighttime. Lord, help me to fulfill the calling. Send people in my life to help me fulfill the calling. Prepare my heart for the calling. And when you tell me, Lord, 
Let me be able to say yes. Don't 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 allow things to be on me. That's going to be a distraction. If it's a relationship, if it's a friendship, whatever it is, remove whatever it is that's stopping me from saying yes to you. Because sometimes it don't be you. It'd be the people around you. But that's a whole nother story. Okay. I'm, I'm going to look, look. Look, let's let's get back to it because I'm whew, I'm feeling it over here. I am, look, I'm talking with my hands. Over here. <laughs> <laughs> you're speaking to me. And I think we all need those reminders that the moment isn't just the moment. The axe isn't just the axe. The the step that you take with the right foot isn't just a step for the right foot. You know, it's like it's a domino effect. It affects you for the future, it affects other people for the future. And it can really, like you were talking about with Eve, have such a lasting impact, both positive and negative, that you can't even fathom. And I think what's so great and what I'm thankful for is that I don't have to fathom it. That That's on God <laughs> to think about the future. And my part is to meet up with him in this moment and say yes to where I'm at right now. And that's how I partner with the future. That's how I partner with breaking generational curses and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's a constant surrender. And like you said, it's some things 100% Absolutely. that I do not want to do. I'd be like, listen, unsubscribe to that. <laughs> Come back, work around my block one more again because I need some time to process that. The more that you do it, the easier it gets. My first podcast episode, child. <laughs> I was so nervous. I was shaking my boots. Actually, the trailer. The trailer, before I even sent it, you have to send a trailer to Apple, Spotify, all of them. So that way they know, like, you know what I'm saying? You a person, what you going to be talking about? That you're not a robot trying to just take up digital space and all that. And trailers, my trailer is like a minute, 60 seconds. And I'm shaking. And then when I saw it on Spotify, I sent it to my roommate. And I was like, can you see this? And she was like, yes. And we like started freaking out. And that led to, okay. Now I just need to do more than 60 seconds. I need to do 60 seconds times like 20. So let's do that again. Yep. And look at and you. Did it. did it again. <laughs> and now episode what? Like, you know, it's just like you just, as you take those steps, it just keeps, it just erodes into something so much bigger than you could even fathom. And it just adds up. You connect with people. You and I from the same city ain't never talked, connected, nothing. And, and, as we've connected, who knows what'll come from that? But it, it comes from that 60 seconds. It comes from me recording that trailer or we don't get here. Yeah, that's a word, Des. That's a word. Speaking of first step, you are an author. Something I, listen, maybe one day, child, I too will be an author. But for right now, we talk about you. This is where we at right now. And you have a book that is going to be available in the show notes for everybody that's listening called Dirty Version. And I want you to speak about that, just the journey to having a book that we can have in the show notes, the, the journey as a creative, and then also as a woman on a journey to purity. So Dirty Version, I'll let you kind of go into it, but it's more so about your purity journey holistically and what that looks like. And I think that especially you just turning 26, people are age, black women. There are so many different stigmas, things attached, especially as we talk about save, save, quote unquote, and those type of things that can cause people to not walk 
on that journey. And even if they do, they do it in secret that they are going to do a blog post about it, yet alone a book that people can buy day and night, anytime. They're not going to make an Instagram caption. Like it's just a closeted faith that they have. And so you not having that for being an author for maybe it started with you sharing on the girls room and that type of thing. And then it's fanning out. Can you just kind of walk us through that journey, the decision, or if it was an impartation from God that you should write the book, how the topic came to be just a little bit of the process. And then if there were any pieces, um, especially for the writers here on the show as a creative that you had to work through, walk us through that a little bit. Oh, absolutely. So Dirty Virgin is my first book. I released it in 2019. Um, I wrote, I finished it in 2018, released it in 2019. So my first little book, it's my baby. And I hold it so near and dear uh, to my heart. Um, Dirty Virgin is me. I was the dirty virgin and can still be the dirty virgin because purity, as I speak in the book, is a daily choice. It's a daily decision to have a pure mind. It's a daily decision to have a pure heart. And it's a daily decision to live uh, pure physically. And just to talk about dirty virgin a little bit, I think the timing of it was so perfect because what I'm seeing right now on social media is like this sexual liberation movement, you know, owning your body and, you know, have sex with who you want to. Don't be ashamed and things of that nature. And although I agree with not being ashamed of anything, I do think that that's counter, uh, that's counter the word. That's that's counter God in a sense. You know, the Bible has told us that our bodies are uh, holy temples. You know, that houses the Holy Spirit, and the Bible has told us that we should save ourselves and all of this stuff, right? But that ain't the only thing that the Bible told us to do as well. The Bible has talked about, you know, your mind and, you know, the things that you think about and your emotions. But that always get left out. Right. It's always don't have sex. So I didn't. You know, that was that was me. I was the virgin, you know, not having sex. And I took pride in it. You know, when I was in high school, I felt I had one up on everybody because I wasn't having sex. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, well, I'm still a virgin, you know, team virgin. You know, I, it was just you remember when the hashtags got real popular yeah. first came out. I'm team virgin. I'm happy. It was a badge of honor for me, a badge of honor with no God involved in it, right? So it was just for my ego. It was for me. And I remember taking like a little true love weights class in um, church uh, when I was younger. But you know, that that was there. That's that, that planted a little seed, but that just wasn't the overall thing. But when I got saved and rededicated my life to Christ, it became such a bigger picture. Like, okay, this is for God. And I was a dirty virgin because I was watching porn. And I talk about that in my book, you know, that, yeah, I'm a virgin, but I watch porn. How am I pure? Where is the purity? And you clouding your mind and, you know, your eyes and emotions with pornography. So I talk about that in the book because so many women struggle with porn. People think that that's a man's issue, but it's not. It's a human issue, pornography. Men and women both struggle with watching porn. So I talk about that in my book. And um, I know one of the things people would always ask me, uh, how could you talk about that? Like, how could you say that you used to watch porn? I said, I don't watch it no more. You know, who the son says free is free indeed. That's what the book, you know, I mean, the book of John talks about. So I was free from it. I didn't have no bondage to it. So I could talk about something that I'm not no longer doing. I'm not embarrassed about it because I knew it was a part of my testimony. So God was just putting all of that on my heart. And it just came in the form of a book, Dirty Virgin. But I knew in 2016, I was going to write a book. It wasn't this book. 
Well, you know what? It it wasn't. It was two different books I was battling with. This book and another book. But it, Dirty Virgin ended up getting first on the list. So uh, it just was put on my heart by God. Because when I was growing up, I never said I wanted to be an author. You know, that wasn't something as a kid. Like I'm going to be an author. Never thought of that. High school. Ne- never thought of that. But by 2016, the Lord pressed it on my heart so heavy. Like you're you're going to write a book and. Uh, it took me a little minute, you know, 2017, I started writing here and there, but 2018, I'm like, okay, this getting serious. The Lord like, okay, you, you know, start putting it on my heart more. Like we can't keep procrastinating on this. This project needs to get done. And that was just the beginning part of it. I hope I answered um, all your, your questions just about how it was as a creative. Like one of my friends just told me a week ago, he was like, Asia, you're an artist. I said, no, I'm not. I was like, I ain't no artist. He was like, writing is an art. And I think that that's still kind of hard for me to even grasp. Like, it, like you know, because you you downplay yourself. I'm just like, I just wrote a book. Like, I be forgetting that I'm even an author. When people tell me, like, you're an author, I'm just like, yeah, like, it's kind of cringy. But I'm like, no, I am an author. Like, sometimes we got to have a level of boldness in our gifts. And sometimes we say that other people sleep on us, but we sometimes sleep on ourselves. All the time. I'm like, God has gave me a powerful message. And it's so transparent. It's so good. And I'm not just saying it's so good because it's God. You know, that's why it's so good, not because it's me, but because it's God. And I just feel like God has a desire for all of us to live pure lifestyles, not just physically, but emotionally, Mm -hmm. mentally, like that is his desire for us. And I know it's hard. You know, one of the number one things that people talk to me about all the time, whether in the ministry or uh, during Bible study or after is sex. How can I stop? I'm in this thing that's so deep because sometimes you win something where you feel like it's just so good. You can't get out of it. Mm -hmm. I've heard it all. So I'm like, I need to have a book that can be a helpful tool that can plant a seed that young girls can read, that older women can read, that everybody can get something out of it. You know, so that's just kind of how it started and and where it's at. And I would love to give away a free book to one of your cool kids. There's no way I can be out here and not give away. You know, let's give away two free books. So I don't know how you're going to choose, if that's okay, you know, but I would like to give away two books of Dirty Virgin because I remember when I first put it out and I'm I'm shouting out one of my friends, he bought a hundred copies of Dirty Virgin and told me to give it out. Wow. So when I first did it, that literally bought a hundred books and said, pass them out. So, you know, I passed them all out when he told me to. And I never want to stop doing that because it's about the message. Like this is counterculture. Purity is counterculture. Yeah. It's counterculture. So I'm all for spreading this message of just living an overall pure lifestyle, mentally, physically, and emotionally. First of all, amen. Second of all, (laughs) what about your friend? You got some good friends, okay? God is so good. God is so good with my friends. First of all, cool kids. Did y'all hear that? (laughs) Okay. We have two books that are going to be available for free i did not know that (laughs) before we were recording so um we'll definitely of course as always link both my and asia's instagram in the show notes and we will have all the details on the socials you gotta follow to get in on it details to come um thank you so much i think it is super important i mean honestly Purity isn't even something we've talked about here 
on Power and Pros. And I think it's because I'm still finding my power in that space. Mm-hmm. I have been um, celibate for, I want to say three years now. Oh, wow. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That is and I, yeah, we haven't talked about that. People that know me know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have listeners that I've never met. So when I was talking earlier about that closeted faith, that's your girl on some stuff. And that's the word right there. Three years. Yeah. And by choice, I think when you were even talking about people in some stuff and not sure before I moved to New York, a hundred percent, I had a boo. I was with him from high school to college. And so it was like, well, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? I lost my virginity to you. I didn't went to prom with you. We didn't went to a school, transferred, went to another school together. Like, you my person is what I thought. And so to me, it just made sense. And I, I did, I, I think I had pride how you were talking about hashtag version. I was like, okay, well, hashtag my man. Like, I've only had sex with this one person. And, da, 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 da. and it's like, what? maybe... It doesn't matter. Like it's like it really. It doesn't matter. And it took for me. I spoke about it. Um, for anybody who is new or hasn't been with the show since we launched episode eight, I want to say power and forgiveness. I talk about my journey a little bit, and I had ended up getting pregnant when I moved here, and I do not have a baby, and that was not God's plan for me. And I had to come to terms with that. And I think that there are moments when you have signs and red flags and you can pay attention to them and not even hardcore red flags. I think reading the Bible and seeing some stuff, that's a flag or something that you should keep in mind. And I think that we have choices to adhere to those or to not. And with each each path that you take, there are things that come along with that. And so for me being the hard head that I was for being the in love that I was for feeling like I was above other people and I was doing sin, but in a, in a, I don't know, a holy way or something. Like I was so grandiose in my thought on what I was doing with this young man. Like I thought I was so different from everybody. And so when I turned up pregnant, I was like, Oh, like it was literally like, wait, so I'm not above the consequences. So I'm not, different. I am acting outside of a will. I am like, there, there are things attached to the actions that I take. And it really puts you in a, in a place of having to reevaluate. And that's something that I had to do. And so um, on the episode, I speak about just forgiveness for myself, forgiveness for, I, I think that, I mean, that was the main piece is just forgiving me. Um, and everything that came along with that. And then stepping out, it took me a minute. I mean, I released the episode last year. So that was two years, I believe, after. But I haven't had sex since. And I think that was the, that's what it took for me, unfortunately, to get me to be like, hold on, there's a bigger call. There's a bigger thing that I have to do. And then I think along that journey, you have, you come to terms with other things. So even realizing that, desires do not go away because you make a decision um child look (laughs) temptation be there them desires be there look ain't nobody above lust okay listen baby ain't nobody above that and it will creep in there's things you can do i don't want to say to help you fight it better you know not exposing yourself to certain things but 
look, I'm human over here too. And right. I don't even want to give off the impression that right. things can get spicy over here because they can. But God created picture. some fine young men in this world. Child, hey. look, look, okay. He created some <laughs> fine men and baby, we some fine women. So fine, fine uh, women, you know, two coming together. It Attraction, y'all. God <laughs> created us for that. So I don't even want to sit here and make it seem like, oh, so I can't even look at a man. Well, nah, but you you just got to keep your eyes guarded. Certain things I can't watch, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't want to fall back into pornography. I know that when I know everybody knows the show P Valley, you know, my friend, he had told me to watch it and I'm watching. I'm telling him, like, I don't know how much I can watch it is. Like, I, I just, my spirit, I cannot watch stuff and like that. that's being real. It can lead you into that. And just knowing that. And I think yeah. that so many, so many people push those, push those limits. Like, oh, I'll be straight. Baby, if you listen to a bunch of, a bunch of music talking about bumping and grinding, please don't think that that won't lead to you bumping and grinding. Trust me. Listen. Trust me. Stop playing with fire. And I tell people all the time, you can run your hand through fire one time and not feel nothing. And you can run your hand through fire again and maybe not feel nothing. Keep running it through it. You're going to get burnt. And I don't want to get burnt. That's one of them things I feel like my mama would tell me. Keep running it through. It's like, oh, okay. (laughs) You keep playing. And I don't want to play with fire because playing with fire, playing with sin like that, the the actor is never worth it. The guilt, the shame, the condemnation, the the spirits that you didn't welcome into your home. And yeah, you could pray it off. But man, I just, sometimes you just wish you would have never did it. So you ain't got to be worn in the spirit about that. Something that could have been prevented, a door that you didn't have to open. You know what I'm saying? So just just be careful. Boundaries are important. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the safe saves keeps coming to me because that's something I thought about. I thought about that, right? Like even with talking to friends and people doing certain things and I'm not. Or here in the city, I have a roommate. So you see, I don't never have no no guests. Like it's like, um, it's like, yeah, that's not something I can do at this point in time. Like, you know what I mean? And I think that there's there's the power in our pros in those instances are truly owning it. I think that when you make a decision saying my mind is made up and making it made up like for real, it becomes easier to stand on that. No matter who has something to say about it, no matter what's going on. And then when you notice that you're being triggered by something or when you notice that maybe I can't deal with this right now, it's easy to ward off that because your mind is made up. But if you're kind of teeter-tottering, if you don't want to be that girl or that dude or whatever you think, I think it's harder to make those subsequent decisions that you have to make. I had to do the same thing. My friends were watching, uh, we have threw it back. This is like 2018. We have threw it back and people were watching Sex and the City in my crew. Now, Sex and the City, not even like... 2021 HBO raunchy like it's literally not that it ain't insecure level or nothing but still I was like all right so I'm watching but I think for me at the time I was considering I don't know doing things like removing some boundaries that I have for myself and I was like is this 
me thinking this, or is that Carrie Bradshaw that's doing it? And I'm watching her every day binging the show. And I also, I mean, Carrie's world can be my world. If she's walking down some streets that I am in the same, I am in the city. So I'm like, I too want to have sex in the city. It's like, hold on. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so yeah, people were talking easy. about the end. And I was like, I don't know what happened at the end. Cause I didn't finish. <laughs> like, I was just like, I can't yeah. finish it anymore. And so it's weird because I just said Sex in the City isn't even to the um, visual content the extent as like Insecure or something where I've seen every episode of that. It's a different season. It's like three years later, me watching Insecure versus when I was trying to watch Sex in the City at that time. And I think just what I could handle, just different stuff. It was different. So I think just always being in tune with where you are with certain things, whether it's writing something and you think about sharing on Instagram, it's like, is the subject matter something that you could put out right now and stand on that? If it is, you're on a journey of purity and maybe you can't share that with other people because if they talk about you, if they say, girl, couldn't be me, you'll change your mind. Then, okay, then maybe that's something that you can't share right now. I think just constantly being aware of where you're at, what you need to sustain in that moment. And then as Asia mentioned, just constantly going to God about it, you'll be set up for success. It's not always going to be easy, but remembering that you're set up for success and that you're constantly walking those steps out, you'll be walking in an authority that you didn't even think you could have. Yeah. I want to piggyback off what you said, Des. You said two really, really good things. First of all, about the sex in the city, you talking about that show, that's how I felt about Girlfriends. I said, I didn't watch Girlfriends as a kid. I didn't really care for it like that. I just didn't mm. get it. And gratefully, I didn't. Girlfriends is something else, too. They talk about sex almost every episode. <laughs> every episode. Know. Every episode of every other episode about uh, on Girls' Room is about sex. Girls' Room, Lord, Girlfriends. <laughs> That's what I was talking about on Girls' Room. Look, we, we do be talking about sex, though. Look, we had some very good topics about that. So, uh, Girlfriends. And also to all the single women that's on here when it comes to your boundaries because sometimes I know it's hard some you know a lot of women you know you just want to feel that that love that affection that compassion but one way to help you kind of weed out the men is who respects your boundaries you have to have boundaries before you even go into the situation Mm -hmm. I always say it's important to have your boundaries set before going into the relationship because that's your non-negotiable that's what's already there. Like, that's what you're coming with. And if you and him need to set some together, you can do that. And hopefully he has boundaries as well. If he doesn't, maybe he'll learn from you to have some. But if he isn't respecting your boundaries and is pushing that, that is the red flag right there. We want red flags after we have already created the tie with the person. Mm. After the work is already done. Lord, show me if this is the person for me. Well, he was shown when he was when you told him what your boundaries was, that you don't want nobody spending night at your house and he trying to spend a night every time. That was the red flag right there. We asked for red flags after the play is already done. When the red flag was given before it happened. So just be mindful of that. Like if it's the guy that you're entertaining and he just doesn't respect your boundaries. He paid for stuff, you know, good dude, fine. He do everything else. But the boundaries that you have set to remain celibate, if he doesn't respect that, that is a red flag. And one thing that I've also, and something else I tell single women, he may have never done this before a day in his life. He may have never been celibate or met a woman that has that desire, but that is still not an excuse for him to break your boundaries or disrespect them. Because if and, uh, if nothing else, he should understand that you're doing it for God. And if he doesn't quite understand that, to me, that's a red flag. 
to me, and I'm not, this isn't law, this isn't something that's written, but just something to just use wisdom for. He needs to understand why you're doing it and respect that, even if he's never done it before, because the require it might be, you might be the first person that he has had to have boundaries with. Now he got new boundaries and y'all work, but just be mindful of that. Just, just be mindful of that, my advice. For sure. And I think too, you have, well, you have mentioned talking about you knowing your boundaries or having some before you go into a situation. I think that's the key. Sometimes we have boundaries with the asterisk on the end and then it's a whole bunch of clauses on like, well, if this mm-hmm. happened or if that happened or if this situation or that situation or I only stay for this long or, or this, this and that. And I think that's where we get to a tricky place. And I think that principle can be applied even outside of a sexual encounter. Um, so yeah. if I'm only supposed to talk on the phone until a certain time, I talk on the phone past a time when I know I need to go to bed. I have the bedtime thing set up on my phone. My phone be telling me it's time to wind down and I'm just chitting and chatting. Then I try to wake up the next morning and I'm tired. It's like, yeah. well, your phone gave you a red flag. You didn't pay attention that you needed to go to bed. So I think even just standing firm on what you've decided and being decided on it, that really can change everything. And I think after a while, yourself, even when you don't want to, and other people won't have but a choice to fall in line with that because that's that's what it is. Yeah, I agree. Boundaries and everything as business owners, as if you're going to work every day, you know, whatever it is, you need boundaries when it comes to working out. So that was a good point to add. It isn't just romantic boundaries. You need boundaries, period, in your life and to be able to stick with them. This, there's been so many things that we have covered and I just feel, I feel full. I feel good. Do you feel good? I feel good. good. I've enjoyed this conversation and I hope the cool kids will enjoy it as well. They got to, especially because we have two books that are going to be available to be snatched up. So cool kids are, are feeling blessed. All right. So before you dip out on us, I definitely, of course, wanted you to give us just a couple of words of wisdom, the power tool for the episode. As we think about how we can step out in our power for any area of our life, we kind of mentioned creativity, stepping out and inviting others to do something, um, just in part empowering other people on our faith journey and then empowering ourselves. And I think that there are moments when when you're making a decision, you have that block, that fear, anxiety, or just negative thoughts, honestly, about going too far, about being that girl, about being that person and being saved, saved. So are there, is there a power tool that you can give us to kind of eradicate that, to not think about it, to not have it hold us captive? Absolutely. What I want to encourage you to do is release the perceptions of how you possibly may be perceived. Release them. It doesn't matter. Release them. If it does come off as save, save, what is that? Just look at save, save as being pleasing to God. You want to please God in everything that you do. And if you hold that in the back of your head, like, man, I'm doing this to please God. I'm doing this to bring glory to God. I think it will help you so much. And also think about the lives that you will impact. Do you not want to be impactful? All of us are called to be impactful and to go out and spread the message of Jesus Christ. Everybody that is a born again believer, that is our mission. That is the great commission of all of us. So just keep that in the back of your head and know that you are enough and counter those fearful thoughts. Ask yourself, what are these thoughts? Why aren't I doing this? Like fear will no longer um Hold me. You know what? I'm actually, if you don't mind, I'm feeling really led to pray. Would you mind if I pray for them? 
Okay, so Heavenly Father, I just thank you in this moment, Lord. I thank you for, first of all, I thank you for destiny, for this platform, for her just being obedient to you, Lord. I pray that you just continue to cultivate her gifts. I pray that you just continue to make her voice bolder. I pray that anything that she is battling with personally, Lord, that you just continue to deliver her from it and it will be a part of her testimony. I pray that this podcast reaches everyone that it's supposed to reach and people that did not even know about it, that they will know about it locally, nationally, internationally. And I just pray that this ministry does what it is supposed to do. And I also pray for anyone that's listening to this that is battling not only fear, Lord, but is battling rejection, feeling like their ideas have been rejected, Mm -hmm. feeling like the things that they have wanted to do has been rejected. So whoever is feeling that, Lord, I pray that this is their sign and this is their reminder that you have not rejected them. You have not rejected their ideas and rejection will no longer hold them back. Fear will no longer hold them back, that they will have the confidence and the boldness to proclaim your faith because you have not given us the spirit of fear, Lord. So I pray that that fear that is on their minds, that anxiety that is on their minds and that they're on their hearts, that that is released as well. And these will be bold and confident people that they will go out and do your good works. And if they like, Lord, just please give me a sign on what I should do. What you should do is go out and do it. Go out and say it, whatever the Lord is pressing on your heart, whatever, whatever he's just, the, the thing that you have been struggling with that you're no longer struggling with anymore. That's what you go out and speak about the things that God has delivered you from. If you used to struggle with lust, that's what you talk about. If you used to struggle with pornography, that's what you talk about. If you used to smoke weed and drink alcohol and was bound to all of that, that's what you talk about. You talk about what God has delivered you from. That is your word and that is your testimony, which we have overcome. So I just thank you, Lord, for their life. And I just pray that everyone by the sound of my voice is blessed in Jesus name. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Woo. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you. I just felt led. I'm like, I'm like I, you say, you know, do you have a, um, you know, a, a power tool? I'm like, I got a power prayer, okay? Come and on. I was trying to get off script, but I just felt that we, I just had to praise. And we're thankful for it. It blessed me. I appreciate you. I thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I have been just trying to get women who are owning their power, standing in it, who are relentless about their call, relentless about their faith, and that could just come on and just inspire us, empower us, and motivate us to do the same. And you have done everything and more. So how can we keep up with you, the girls' room, and everything else that you are doing? Thank you so much. I appreciate this opportunity. And it's always an honor to talk about God with other women of God. So thank you. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Asia Say What with two T's. And my ministry page is Girls Room Ministry with two Y's, not one, but two Y's. And my website is www.asialgarrison.com where you can purchase a book. Or if you prefer Amazon, you can go get that audio, that ebook, whatever you prefer through Amazon. And to keep up with Girls Room website, girlsroomministry.com. And once again, I'm so appreciative. And I'm open. Send me an email. Send me a DM. Whatever. I want to talk with you guys. Y'all heard her. Send her something. Chat with her. They just say, what? With two T's. Yes, with two T's. (laughs) 
Y'all, I don't think y'all understand. Even hearing, I don't know if y'all heard it, but even hearing how she talk and how I talk, like we from the same town and it just brought me so much joy. Yeah, um, straight out of U-City. You know I got to throw that out there. She, <laughs> she not from U-City, y'all. She from St. Louis, which is great. She ain't from U-City. I'm from okay. I'm, I'm going to give you a little pass, Dez. I'm going to give you a little pass on not being from U-City because you cool people. Like you said, the cool kids and I'm just so grateful to sit and, and have a conversation. Um, you got to rein in the U-City folk because they'll, they'll <laughs> run off if you let them. You gotta <laughs> them in, well, that's our episode. Be sure to hit the show notes for all the deets. Be sure to keep up with the show at Power and Pros Podcast on Instagram, especially so you can see how you can get your free copy of the dirty version by our girl Asia. And I'll catch y'all on the next episode. Bye.